You are listening to Motivating from the Six, episode 91, an interview with me about fatherhood and mentorship. Let's go. intended to have you stand up in your circumstances no matter what you're going through in this world and demand change for the better. I'm your host, Jeff Martin of jeffadmartin.com. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Listen, this episode is a little bit different than what you're used to. I'm going to play you an interview of me on an internet radio show. But before we get into that, I just want to thank each and every one of you. I have so much gratitude for all of you who have clicked play, for all of you who have downloaded, for all of you who have subscribed, for all of you who have left a five-star rating review. And if you haven't done so, please go and do that now. I want to say thank you for all of you, though, because I know how valuable your time is. The mere fact that you've taken even a moment of your day to listen in, I pray That with each and every cell of my body, I'm bringing you some type of value to your life. So I'm grateful for you for tuning in today. So as we go along and evolve with this podcast, I want to make sure that I bring you all the elements that are going to help you to improve your life. Now, I was involved with an interview just the other day. And what I want to do in today's podcast episode, I'm actually going to play the interview. So I was on an online video radio station called My TSN TV, and I was interviewed on a show called What Matters. And the host of the show, her name is Erica Alita. And we had a great time just kind of chopping it up. And we were talking about fatherhood and the importance of fatherhood and being there as a father. And we are also talking about the importance of mentorship. Again, this is going to be a little bit different than what you're used to, but it's important for me that everything that I bring you, I'm bringing you value. I'm bringing you things that are going to help you in your circumstances. Some shows may speak to you more than others, but it's important that I try to bring the best each and every time to you. So occasionally, I'm going to throw in the odd keynote speech that I do. Occasionally, I'm going to throw in some interviews that I'm involved with. But again, all of it is meant to uplift you, to inspire you, to have you change your circumstances. If you look at your life and you see that you need some changes, I'm here to bring that to you. So I'm not going to hold you back any longer from this interview. Please tune in and let me know. Email me, send me messages, DM me, all on my social media. My email is always in the show notes. Please let me know if you are liking this new addition to me just adding interviews and keynote speeches to this podcast as well. Because again, it's all about helping you grow. All right, let's tune in. This month, I'm continuing the conversation with men for the Men's Matters series, and the voices of men matter. Now, today, I have a wonderful man here with me, Jeff Martin. Now, Jeff does um, differentiate his name from, you said it was a rap artist? 
No, there's actually a uh, a rock star out of Toronto okay. named Jeff Martin. So I go by Jeff A. D. Martin okay. just to make sure there's no mistake. There. There's no mistaking <laughs> him with the other rock star, right? <laughs> the other rock star, yes. <laughs> so Jeff is a speaker. He is an author. Very, very passionate about his community. I almost just spilled some beans. He's going to tell us about an amazing project that he has coming up with some men from the six. Now, there was a previous project called Men of the Six or in the Six? Uh, Brothers from the Six. Brothers from the Six, which is actually the first time that I had ever heard of you or saw you on social media. So I think I was actually still in Montreal. But as I said, Jeff is an uh, author. You've written a children's book called? I have. Brothers from the Six, Sisters from the Six, Role Models in My Community. It is a double book. So each side, one side is the Brothers from the Six and the other side is his sisters from the six. Amazing. And so, Jeff, tell me a bit about yourself. Tell the audience a bit about yourself. Now, as I said, what I noticed about you and how I saw you show up in social media is mm-hmm. somebody who was um, very engaged with his community and looking to bring it together. Absolutely. To unify and and present a united front. So tell me a bit about yourself what inspired you to do the things that you're doing now? And then drop a little bit about your projects, and then we'll wrap it up at the end with what's coming up. Absolutely. So as Erica, as you just said, I am an empowerment speaker. I am an author as well, as we just spoke about. I also host a podcast called Motivating from the Six. And really, I'm just someone who became sick and tired of seeing the situation that was happening around the community in terms of the poverty and the mindset and the gangs and the violence and and, and the list can go on and on. And for me, I always was the type of person who wanted to serve. I wanted to help people. I want to see see people become their best self. Mm -hmm. And so I decided to take a platform in terms of public speaking, empowerment speaking, and using the stories I've been through, using the stories of even celebrities and uh, friends of mine, people in the community, of how they were able to overcome in a lot of different circumstances. And I use that to share, whether it be through empowerment speaking in schools, in community centers, in churches, whether it be through on my social media, through uh, motivating uh, or motivational uh, posts, motivational uh, videos, um, again, through my book and then other books to come as well. Everything I do is all about trying to help the community become better. Amazing. And so you are a native of Toronto, right? I am born and raised. Born and raised. Absolutely. Now, I don't know all the areas as well as everyone else. So you had said you were from an area called Rexdale. Yes, that's right. And you had um, described it as tough. Absolutely. Yes. Growing up in Rexdale, there is so many people there that are loving, mm-hmm. that are caring, just regular people who want to see the best for their families. But unfortunately, there's a lot of pockets with poverty. With poverty comes gangs and guns and violence sometimes. And, you know, as much as there's uh, loving people, there's a lot of that negativity as well. And it's difficult to be in that space and not be impacted by that negativity. And so there's a lot of people there who, if they had just a little bit of help, not necessarily even monetarily, just had somebody who had the ability to support them, whether it be just giving them a pat on the back, just letting them know where resources are, um, they can strive and just do so much more than they're already doing. And that's one of the things I want to provide, and again, in all the things that I do, just being that person who can inspire them to do better. Amazing. And, you know, it is very true that in a lot of the poorer neighborhoods, there is so much good. Yes. The squeaky wheel gets the grease, right? Yes, as they say. And we don't pay attention to the the thousands of people in that community that get up every day and they go to work and they come home. And it's really quiet and boring. Mm -hmm. What you hear about 
unfortunately, are the extremes yes. of the violence and, and the disconnect. And as you said, if people got help, and it's not always monetary, it, it's the resources, yes. knowing where the resources are. And I find that's one of the biggest problems in our poorer communities is mm-hmm. that things are available. Here in Canada, we have tremendous resources, tremendous resources. There are so many government programs, local programs. Absolutely, yes. And if you don't know the libraries, I mean, the libraries offer a wealth mm-hmm. of programs, often for free or for very little. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know about them, you simply can't use them. And so kids stay home alone. They're uninvolved. They're unattached. And it just adds to more problems. So it's mm-hmm. wonderful to hear that somebody from here is so interested in what's going on here. because. Absolutely. For our viewers that are not in Canada, I'm sure you know Toronto as this this city that just produces these stars. We've had yes. quite a few come out in the last few years. Yes. And there are a lot of great things to be proud of. But mm-hmm. it is wonderful that you're using your voice to bring your community together. I so appreciate that. before we go forward, what was Brothers in the Six about? So Brothers from the Six is a nonprofit organization that still runs to this day. Mm-hmm. And it's a, a great opportunity for us to get involved again with the community and just do so many different things. So one of the projects that we often do is just before school starts back up again, we get involved with other groups who are doing uh, free backpacks and free haircuts for kids. So just to give the parents an opportunity just so they don't have to spend that extra money there and they can use their resources elsewhere. And it gives those kids an opportunity to feel good going back to school. So that's one of the things that we've done. We've also gone out and did a hashtag 100 sandwiches where we've given out uh, food to the needy as well. And again, just always trying to get involved with different projects that we can help people in their circumstances. That is amazing. So following from that and all the wonderful things that you do, because it's not just words, right? It just doesn't get up on mm-hmm. the social media and say a lot of great motivational things and right. post good videos. It's about getting out there. Action, and yes. Action, making things happen. And today, what we're going to talk about is one of the most important actions in the world, mm-hmm. by far, yes. which is being a father. Ooh. And fathers do not just come from the biological right. um, reproduction of children, because we know a lot of people who've reproduced and they're not fathers. Yes. And we know a lot of people <laughs> who have never made their own children but they have grown men and women yes very very well so fatherhood is a very very broad topic Mm -hmm. um it is not narrow and it is so very important absolutely and mentorship is part of being a father but then you could also be a mentor without being a dad right and a lot of mentors which i'm sure you've seen firsthand yourself Mm -hmm. a lot of mentors become like fathers mm-hmm. to these these children and honestly sometimes even adults young adults yes. right we need that guidance yes they, they definitely, definitely need that guidance yes so the topic that jeff is here for today and i'll speak on it just a little bit is as i said fatherhood and mentoring and the importance of it now there is a flip side to that very present father that very involved father and it is the superhero syndrome. Mm-hmm. And we're also going to touch on ego and how that gets in the way. Mm-hmm. So first of all, tell me, what is Superman syndrome? So the Superman syndrome is basically the fact that we as men show our children the Superman side of us. So our children never see us fall. Our, never, our children never see us falter. They never see us make mistakes. Children automatically, when they see their father and mother you know, for, for all intents and purposes, 
it, they see the best in us. But I think it's so important that we show our children the Clark Kent as well. So we show our children when we fall. We show our children when we make mistakes. We show our children the side of us that's not necessarily perfect because that shows them what a father is. It shows them what a human being is. We all can't be perfect. And oftentimes our children will see the role models on TV. They'll see the LeBron James. They'll see the actors, the singers, and they see the best of them. But we never see the other side when the cameras are turned off, when that person is upset, when that person is whatever it is. We need to allow our children to see that side of us, not just the Superman side, because that's what's going to show them the, the you know, all aspects of who we are as human beings. They need to get both sides. It's so important for that. So, oh, wait, we're going to have to break. Um, time goes so quickly when you're having fun. <laughs> we will be right back after this break, and we're going to expand more on the superhero syndrome. And it, how is it beneficial to let your child see you fail? We'll be back after these messages. Welcome back to this edition of What Matters. And I am here with Jeff A.D. Martin, mm -hmm. the other rock star. And today <laughs> we are talking about fatherhood, mentorship, mm -hmm. ego. And we're going to touch on a really interesting word in the male world, vulnerability. Ooh. Ooh. Big, big <laughs> so before the break, we were talking a little bit about the... Superman syndrome mm -hmm. and what that is. And basically it's showing just the Superman side of you, not the Clark Kent. Not mm -hmm. when you have on the glasses, not when you're afraid. I always think of Clark Kent in the newsroom looking nervous with his glasses going, <laughs> what blew up? Where do we have right, to yes, go? Exactly. Little do they know he pulls off his suit and he makes things happen. Yes. And so a lot of people would say, well, why would you want your kids to have a front row seat to you failing? What, what, po How possibly can that help you as a parent to highlight your failures mm -hmm. or let your children know you've fallen short or let them know you're afraid or unsure. As the parent, you're supposed to be a leader, right? Mm -hmm. And you're supposed to Absolutely. take charge and mm -hmm. show them that everything's okay and provide them that sense of security. So how, especially as a father, mm -hmm. a present father, as how would showing them your Clark Kent, you quaking in your glasses without your cape, mm -hmm. how does that help them grow as people? It gives them an opportunity to see who you are as a whole. So we often see people at their best, but as they say, it you learn the most when you see how someone, after they fell down, how they got back up. Because you learn to dust yourself off. You learn to keep going in the process, whatever it is you're going through. And when your children have an opportunity, opportunity to see that, they can now grow from that. So I got three young kings at home, nine years old, six years old, and an eight-month-old, nine-month-old now. And my oldest one, who's nine, Every once in a while, I'll ask him, how is daddy doing as a father? And I think wow. it's, I, I do this because, you know, the truth of the matter is, I don't know what it's like to have a nine-year-old until he turns nine. I don't know what it's like to have a 15-year-old, a 16-year-old. He's nine now. So every time he gets older, that's the first time I'm actually experiencing having a 10-year-old. Right. I've never had that experience before. So I'm not the expert at this. I don't have the, the solutions. I don't have, there's no big book. We all know that of parenting. Every time he is going through something in life, it's the first time I'm experiencing it as a father. I may have experienced certain things as a young boy myself, but experiencing it as a father is a whole new area for me. So every once in a while, I'll ask him, how is daddy doing as a father? That's because amazing. if I'm not giving him the keys that he needs, then I'm letting him down. I'm not giving him the pieces he needs to become that man who he'll eventually become. My father was totally present in my life, and he still is, still alive. My parents are together to this day. I love them to death. 
But my father was not the type of individual who spoke. And even to this day, he's very, you know, I give him a call, Dad, what's going on? That conversation's three minutes long. Mm -hmm. He loves me the way he knows how to love me. But the truth of the matter is he's not one to show me his Clark Kent's. And so that's something that I had to learn along my journey. And I would say, you know, when I really look at my life, there's some portions of my life that I think held me back because I never learned the vulnerable side of him. I never got to see the vulnerable side of him, have those conversations about how he was let down in certain areas, how he, you know, fell apart in certain areas. When you learn that from the person who's standing in front of you, you see again all sides. So now when I fall down, I know how to get back up. I know how to keep going because someone taught me that. That's my goal when it comes to teaching my children. And really that's my goal when it comes to teaching anybody in the in the, the community who's looking to learn through mentorship. That is, I think that is an amazing question. And as you were saying that, I was thinking of going home and asking my 16-year-old that. So <laughs> if he's out there watching, I'm actually afraid of the answer. I was going to say, you got to be prepared. You got to be prepared for the answer because it might not be something you want to hear. Oh, he, he, he critiques me. Um, <laughs> constructive criticism on a regular basis. So I do I do get that feedback. But I think that's amazing. And especially coming from a community like ours where the last generation was often – you know, there there was a lot, not a lot of long talk. No, you know? no. It was very instructional. Yes. The conversations between us and our parents. Yes. Do this. Yes. Don't do that. Right. That was, that was the end of the conversation. The yes. Feelings. We 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 didn't really talk about feelings. No, we Yours did not didn't talk about matter. Feelings. Right. Too, too tough. Right. And we weren't sure that they had any based on the way. Right. It's true. <laughs> that yes. they treated us. So <laughs> feelings were just not not a conversation for a lot of us growing up. Mm-hmm. So to hear a man say, "I look at my son and I say to him, how am I doing? Mm-hmm. You know, with this this is the number. Give me some feedback. Yeah. That, that is amazing. And I'm sure it's helped you reflect and grow as a father. And- Absolutely. Yeah. It's my job to be the best father I can be. And being in a relationship is my, my job to try to be the best husband I can be. And, of course, I fall down in those areas all the time. As we all do, we fall down in certain aspects of our life. But it's all about getting up and moving on and trying to become better. And when I ask my son that question, it's all about trying to become better, be the, being the best father that I can be for him to ensure that he has the tools that he needs as he gets older to become a man, to possibly become a husband, and to become a father himself. If I don't give him the tools, then he may never get those tools. Yeah, and he, he will have to wing it. As yes, a lot of, a people, lot of people have been doing. And sometimes it works, mm-hmm. but a lot of times it doesn't. Oh, I've heard a lot, a lot of, times of it success doesn't. stories of of men that come from men that were not present or were not kind or yes. positive. Yes. And because of that experience, really trying to do the opposite and doing their best to yes. be their best. So let me ask you, Jeff, has he ever given you an answer that's really surprised you? Not at this point. No? no, not at this point. I think because he's still young and right now he's all into his uh, his superheroes and, you know, things along that nature. So nothing really uh, huge has happened in his life yet. You know, maybe when he gets to the point where he starts, you know, really liking the young girls and, you know, wanting to drive. Who knows when that time is going to come. But so far, the answers have been pretty cool that I've been able yeah, to, you know, do a boxes. quick adjustment and keep moving. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Excellent. Awesome. <laughs> So another thing that you brought up in your talking points is you were talking about ego. Yes. Now, when you say ego, I think a lot of us know the um, psychological terms or, you know, we Mm -hmm. have our ego, we have our id. But when you're talking about it in terms of fatherhood and mentorship and training the next generation to Mm -hmm. be the best they can be, Mm -hmm. what, what do you mean by ego? I mean the individual who 
puts himself first. The individual who some people say ego stands for edging God out, for you know, looking at yourself and trying to attain things for you. And I think as a father uh, or even as a mentor, that's the last thing. I think what we need to do is start stepping more into our vulnerability. That's where we're going to be able to learn. That's where we're going to be able to grow. When, young men, when you have your heart broken, you're vulnerable. That's when it hurts. When you lose a job or you've been fired from a job, that's when it hurts. And from that hurt, you can actually learn and grow. And what you learn at that point in time is what you can use as lessons to help to teach others as they go along. We have a lot of young men who have had their heart broken and now automatically they become players because the last thing they want to do is have their heart broken again. But if you're able to help a young man to, under, to help him understand, you know what, it's a part of life, it does hurt, but you know what, you're going to find love again or you're going to find a better situation, whatever it is that person is going through, you're able to help them a little bit more uh, as opposed to them trying to conquer uh, that vulnerability by stepping more into their ego. If we step into our vulnerability, there's so much we can learn. Let me ask you this. What's your favorite movie or favorite favorite artist? Favorite, um, favorite artist? Uh, uh, I know. I just put you on the spot. J. J. Cole. Cole. All right. So, so, so J. Cole, for example, had at one point or another or probably every day had to step into his vulnerability. When he put out – when he wrote his first song – and he put it out and he's like, yeah, this thing looks fire. He had to show it to somebody and wait to get their opinion. When he got signed to whatever record label he signed to, he had to put his vulnerability, his self out, his, his skills out there to a bunch of people to judge him. He's standing in his vulnerability. And because he did that, he is the J. Cole that we all know today. Your favorite movie, same thing. The person who wrote the movie, the person who starred in the movie, there's a thousand people who are attached to that movie who had to step into their vulnerability to let someone else judge them. And if we're able to do that, there's so much we can learn, whether it hurts or not at the end of the day, there's so much we can learn, there's so much we can grow um, within that circumstance if we step into our vulnerability. So I say, like, let's not move away from it. We often step away from it. Let's step into it, embrace it, learn from it, and see what we can create from it. As men, though, isn't that what the very opposite of what you're taught? Yeah, Society will show you a totally different aspect of what manhood should be, of what, what being a male should be. But what I'm saying is that, you know, society, especially when it comes to media and such, they're going to sell you whatever makes money in their own pocket. So what they're showing you is not necessarily correct. It's what puts money in their pocket. And so you have a, young, a lot of young men. Let's talk about music, for example. You have a lot of young men who are, are fairly young in the game. They give them a million bucks and they say, go rap about this. And they do that, right? And so they're now standing in this Superman point, as, as I like to say, Superman phase, where they are, are they got the, the S on their chest. They talk about money. They talk about girls. They talk about playing. They talk about this and that. Meanwhile, they don't even have what it takes within them. They, they haven't stepped in their own vulnerability yet. They're just in this whole Superman phase, and they're teaching other young men, oh, yeah, this is the way you got to be. So now we're all in our ego. We're all, it's all, all about me making money, playing, buying my cars, whatever. But we haven't developed the inside, the, the vulnerability side to really put ourselves out there to say, okay, I've made a mistake. I've learned from it. Let me grow from it or let me create from it. We haven't done that because society has put out this, this mask, so to speak, of what vulnerability or sorry, what masculinity should look like. Absolutely. If that makes sense. It, it absolutely doesn't. I, I think we could do, Jeff and I could do a whole show 
um, talking <laughs> yeah, about absolutely. rappers and our music <laughs> and how that affects how our children behave and so forth. When we come back from this break, we're going to expand on the topic even more. Mm-hmm. And you're going to talk about a bit about how our sons aren't trained to be fathers. Right. Yes. Okay. So we will be right back after this break. Awesome. Welcome back to this edition of What Matters, and this month we celebrate the voices of men, and I have a wonderful voice here with me today, Jeff A.D. Martin, here from Toronto, Toronto native, um, Brothers from the Six, there's another number coming up which we'll discuss in the next segment, (laughs) author, speaker, motivation, if you are looking to follow someone who has a strong, true voice and is not full of ego, check Jeff out on all social medias, you will find him as Jeff A.D. Martin, uh, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. I stalked him on LinkedIn today. (laughs) So, you know, you will find that voice everywhere. So during the break, we often have great conversations all by ourselves without Mm -hmm. you guys. And I was expanding because I I am hip-hop. I'm I'm a lover of hip-hop. I really Mm -hmm. believe this. And we were talking a little bit more about the example that you brought up of, you know, rappers and, and the music that our kids listen to and what they rap about and what I was saying to Jeff is that from what I've seen is that the, the, the male rappers that do speak about their vulnerability, that speak about the negative when their heart was broken, when they had no money, when they weren't sure about what they were doing. Mm. Um, one of my favorite songs from Cole is I Let Nas Down, where he talks about letting down one of his mentors and what that meant to him and how that made him feel. Okay. And what I've noticed is that the Rappers with the longest careers, the ones that are considered goats, the ones that seem to connect with people over decades, mm. speak on their vulnerability. And the ones that, you know, they come, they got, I got a car, I got a girl, I got it. They, mm. they come and they go. They're here and they're gone. Okay. And I, we, I don't see them lasting. So maybe you guys see it too, but I see a definite connection with men, with other men that can skillfully and artistically with some bravado right yeah express their vulnerability, vulnerability right as you say that i'm thinking about ll cool Janny love and when he I came love. up with that that was the first like slow jam hip-hop song and people are like what are you doing but that was one of his biggest selling biggest songs right ever mm-hmm. trust me it straight vulnerability up yep, in that song the, yes, love. yes like come on this was <laughs> and we were all singing it male female yes, yes. that became like the biggest pickup line absolutely it did <laughs> Absolutely, yes, right? it was. I need love. Yeah, okay, dude. Okay, that got a lot of people into trouble. I'm sure some of us are here right now because of Uh-oh. that line. Uh-oh. <laughs> because of that very line. That's how we got here. So I, I do see that there is a need because it wouldn't resonate and they wouldn't last if it wasn't being well-received. Mm-hmm. Yes. And if they couldn't relate. And as you said, I think that the, the companies that are saying, okay, you're hot, here's some money, sing about this. The artistry has gone out of that a mm-hmm. lot. Yeah. Um, it's very dictated where, as you said, a lot of people did it the long way where you wrote your songs and they got rejected and you got, you mm-hmm. know, dissed and you did your... And now it's, oh, you, you have a good one hit, here's some money, mm-hmm. sing some more, but I don't see them lasting. So I think in the male community, there is a, a, a desire somewhere to connect with that in other men that you admire to 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 know they have their Clark Kent even though they are your superman and you see them as the hero. So 
I just made that connection. I thought it was very interesting. No, that's good. I, I, I like that. And I think, you know, again, going back to what we talked about, the whole Superman thing, that society has really thrown that on us and, and having us believe that's the way we have to be. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm someone who's often in the community, as you spoke about, I do a lot of empowerment speaking in schools and in different groups, community groups and such. And oftentimes I'm looking for other men to come out as well. And I've knocked on so many doors and I've asked these guys, you know, do you mind coming out and speaking to these kids about your profession or what you do or, or whatever it is? And oftentimes I'm, I get the, the results of, nah, I, I can't do that right now. And what I find is that some of these men, they're not where they want to be in life, which is fine. Because I don't know if you are where you want to be. I want $50 million in the bank. I'm not where I want to be right no, now, I'm right? None of us be. are where we want to be. But oftentimes these men will tell me, ah, nah, I'm just not where I am. I'm not where I want to be right now. I just I just can't come out and speak to these kids. But we got to understand that where the kids are, like your 50%, your 25% is someone else's 100%. And so whatever you got going on, you have, even if you got fired from your job, even if you are going through divorce, whatever it is that you're going through, you have the ability to now take that and to teach somebody else, to help someone along their journey. But oftentimes I find that the information I'm getting back from men is, nah, I can't do that right now. I don't feel you know, good where I am. But we got to understand that it's, it's more than just that Superman. We got to show these kids in our community the Clark Kent. Show them the Clark Kent. Show them the vulnerable side of you, what you've been through, what you're going through to help them understand for when they go through it. Absolutely. And the, the best speakers in the world, um, if you follow any self-help people or mm. speakers – they connect by sharing their stories. Yes, absolutely. They connect by sharing their stories. The yes. ones that don't, the ones that are just like, I got a million dollars, I'm going to show you how oh, to make a million dollars. I know that for a lot of people, they tend to tune them out. Yes, and it's, I do. I know I do too. Yes. So it's not, don't just show me your million dollars. Tell me how you got it. Because yes. unless you're going to give it to me, just like, Straight up. Yes. Um, I need more to know how you did it. Yes. Because you telling me you have it doesn't put me in a different place. No, right. And then also, too, knowing that you failed a million times yes. before you got to a million. Yes. Right? Yes. Um, what is the saying? The master has failed as many times as the novice has tried or something, something like, something like yes. that. I'm misquoting, yes. but something along those lines. So you're right. The men in the community, I mean, contact Jeff. If you, whatever profession that you're in, mm-hmm. there is some young man out there that wants to be you. Mm-hmm. So yes. even though you are not where you want to be, there's someone there that's looking up and saying, wow, you have this job at this place. How do I do that? Meanwhile, you know, you wanted to be the CEO, so you're figuring I'm still an employee. It's not good enough, but that's how the inspiration starts, right? Absolutely. And and don't wait for someone like myself to come knocking on your door. Take it on yourself to go to the local high school, talk to the principal and say, listen, I specialize in mechanics or whatever it is that you do. I'm willing to come to the school and do a workshop for half a day. Go to your local church and let the pastor know I specialize in this or my skills are in certain areas and, you know, I can give up two hours a month or whatever it is. Go out there and create that situation because, as you said, there's a young person who wants to walk in the same path you're walking down. And while you're figuring things out and you might be in mile 20, this child is in mile one. They're in mile two. And they don't know how to get to 20. You're trying to get to 50, but they don't even know how to get to where you are. Right. So – Take it on yourself to go to some of these establishments and let them know who you are, what you specialize in, and you're able to help. 
That's all I'm asking. I, that That is a wonderful ask, and it's an important one. And I think that's just from that, I think that's something that I'll have every guest do. What's your ask? And that is a tremendous one. We can infuse our community. We can enrich our community in in ways that many of us think are small. Um, there are so many young people. I know one of the things I try to do is I try to be the woman that the little girl in me wanted to know. Mm. Um, I remember being young and being so lost, so mm. incredibly lost. I was told I was smart. I was told I was bright. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't know what to do. Mm. You know, so you're this, this, this aimless soul. And if you had somebody who, like you said, would pick up the phone and say, I'm in, I'm doing this. I work for the government. I work for the government. I, you know, I'm an executive secretary. Now, for that person, it may not be anything. Mm -hmm. And there's a little girl out there that all she wants is a position like that. And never belittle anyone else's dreams. Because Mm -hmm. what to you is not the greatest to somebody else that could be what their goal is, what their aim is. Mm-hmm. So leaving that ego behind. Yes. Again, we're right back to the ego. Yes. We're right back to the Superman. Um, everybody's idea of Superman is different. Yeah. And I think that also too, as like you're a dad, you have your kids at home, but all the other little humans out there that you touch, that you reach, it's impactful and it enriches our community. All of this stuff goes out and it comes back in, right? It does. It, it absolutely does. As I said, I promote a lot of local businesses. Every time I meet somebody who has a business, I get mm. super excited and I tell everyone about it. And one of the reasons why is because I have sons of my own and they will look for jobs. Mm-hmm. And if your business thrives, you can be a reference. Yes. You can give them summer employment. Mm-hmm. You're going to hang out with other business owners. Yes. Then, you know, my son knocks on your door and says, you know, Mr. Martin, can I have a job? He's, oh, well, you know, we're full for the summer, but I have a friend who also has. Right. So yes. this all feeds into, you know, something else, mentorship, um, mm-hmm. having people shadow you, apprenticeship. Yes. Um, it, it, and I think a lot of people are worried about the commitment, um, you know, doing something too long term. But that half a day at that school can change so many lives. So Yeah, absolutely. All it takes is that one incident. If you have the time to sit down with a child every single week and do so, my time is limited. I, I don't have that time. And again, so you know, I spoke about going to different schools and empowering kids. I was at a school last week, and I spoke about my story, vulnerability. I spoke about at a time when my family and I were homeless. I spoke about different things. I spoke about losing my cousin to gun violence in 2005. Nothing to do with this, what this, to what this young man wanted to talk to me about. This young man hit me up on social media, and he's like, I listened to your story about stepping through your fear and standing in your greatness. And I make beats, I make music beats, and you know, I was scared to put them out there of what people would think, but because of what I heard you say, I decided I'm gonna continue to put my beats out there. And so nothing I spoke about was about beats. And so going back to what you said, you might be that mechanic, and that person who you might be speaking to, they may never wanna be a mechanic, but it's about your story and you delivering it to them and having them listen to it and potentially be inspired to say, I'm gonna keep going because that individual decided to keep going. And that's what it comes down to. And that's what, yeah, sharing of yourself. I think sharing of yourself, sharing your triumphs, but also your failures is what can help 
pivot and Heart change. Can't failure, share your failures. Share that quaking yes. moment in those glasses. It's so important. Mm-hmm. So when we come back, it'll be our last segment. I don't know how oh, that happened. Already? Oh, already. Oh, but he's man. gonna be back. Don't worry. I, I know <laughs> I know who I'll manage to get back on. So when we come back, we're gonna wrap up. I mean, he already gave you how to be a better member of the community, but we're gonna wrap up and we'll we're gonna solidify that idea of how important it is to let your child see all this stuff and the children in your community as well. We'll be back after this message. Welcome back. And I'm here with my amazing guest. And Jeff, I really do hope you come back. It has been a ball. The the last uh, half an hour or so has flown by. It's gone by really, really quickly. So today we're talking about fatherhood, mentorship, um, Superman syndrome, Mm -hmm. egos, who, and showing your Clark Kent, you know, showing the side of you that isn't always successful. Mm-hmm. So you had brought up um, watching, I think it was a video by T.D. Jakes? I yes. Think. Okay, so tell, tell us a bit about that. Yeah, I, I love T.D. Jakes, and one of the things that he spoke about was the fact that young women are shown how to be, or, or young girls are shown how to be young women at an early age meaning that they're given dolls that uh, that wet, that pee themselves, right? They are given easy-bake ovens that shows them how to bake and to cook and, and stuff like that. And, of course, some of that, you know, can be fall into the stereotype. Mm-hmm. But the point being is that, you know, young girls are given these tools from an early age. So now when they become a mother, it's already ingrained in them to change a diaper, to, to prepare a meal and, and something, you know, things along that line. Where with boys... Boys are not given anything. They're not given any type of tool. They're not given any type of toy that generally shows them how to be a father. And so when it comes up to the point of them growing up and now being at that age where they could potentially be a father or they become a father, they lack those tools based on what society has given them. So everything now falls on the previous father. If the previous father is not there, then mentorship. But it all falls back on somebody else to help to teach that child. And... What is needed to teach that child is, again, for us as men to step up, whether it be fathers, whether it be mentors in the community. But if we are able to step up and to show these young men what it takes to be a man, what it takes to be a father, then perhaps as generations go along, we may have less children that don't have their father in their life. I I think that's a really important thing. Something that I, you know, I grew up with my mom and she would have this thing she would say often is that I'm your mother and I'm your father. And I remember the day I corrected her and I said, no, you're, you're just my mom. Mm-hmm. You, you can't be my dad. And it's the situation, a similar situation to mine, where I can tell my boy children what, as a woman, I would like from a man, mm-hmm. the things that I find pleasant about men. You know, clean fingernails are good, son. You can't smell, comb your hair. These mm-hmm. are all things that girls look at. Mm-hmm. But one thing I cannot show my son is how to be a man. Right. I, because yes. I don't know how. Mm-hmm. I can tell you what I like. I can tell you what looks good to me and what doesn't look good to me. Mm-hmm. But I can't actually tell you how to do it. Yes. Or can I present an example mm-hmm. of what that is or what that should should be? So I think that, as you said, mentorship and given, giving that half a day, half an hour, that conversation. For everybody who is not, all the men out there who are like, I can't be a big brother. I can't dedicate that once a week, half a Saturday. For every single one of you that step forward and step out, you can change the life of 
a child. And yes. we're specifically speaking about boys. Because mm-hmm. as you said, a lot of them don't have that example. They just, they have nothing to refer to. Right. Except for popular culture. Yes. And here in North America, our popular culture is actually quite negative, especially yes. when it comes to the black community. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. So one of the things that I bring, I've brought this up before in this show. Um, you've seen Black Panther, yes? I have. Yes, you have. About eight times. About eight times. Okay, you <laughs> My beat kids me by every, like every other weekend. <laughs> we watch Black Panther, and one of the things that I noticed in the movie, and it really stood out to me from the very first viewing, was how vulnerable the men were. Mm. These warriors, and they are some of the manliest men yes. you ever want to see. You know, yes. they'll fight you. But they were also very vulnerable. Mm. You saw them embrace each other. You saw them cry. Mm. You saw them miss each other, seek their father's advice, embrace wow. the dying cousin. Yes. And these extremely manly yes. men yes. were presented in a very vulnerable way. Yes. And I think that hails back to our original culture, yes. which did defer to that and did include the humanity of men. Yes. Right. Yes. Whereas here in North America, for for and there are various reasons, um, mm-hmm. you know, from slavery to how we got here mm-hmm. to the melding of other cultures. But I find a lot of old school cultures, a lot of ethnic cultures, Greeks, Italians, Caribbeans, yes. and so forth, they embrace, they kiss, they yes. they sit hold hands close, in some they countries. hold yeah. hands, mm-hmm. they and so this this bravado thing that I think it's very much a North American more modern yes idea it's north american and it's what was created again by by media and by society society shows us how that how we need to act and so we act that way because every time you turn the tv on or a movie on or you listen to a song this is how the person tells you how to act as a man so uh you know whether it be a black man whether it be a man as a whole you know you see the commercials and the guy rips off his shirt and he's all muscled out and swollen and he's you know looking all tough no you dad bods you... <laughs> exactly no dad bodies you see uh you know certain movies and you see the jock you know the, the head of the football team the head of the basketball team he has the head cheerleader as his girlfriend this is what we see all the time commercials you, you know every Everything. commercial you see you're seeing this every tv show you're, you're seeing this and so this is what's ingrained in us even if you're not paying attention subconsciously you're paying attention and yeah. you're seeing it without even noticing it and this is what we come to believe is what manhood should be so i have a question for you what do you think the purpose of that is i don't know what the purpose of that is i don't know if it was something where it was initially started, let's say, on one TV show or, or one person's thought, and it kind of grew. I, I don't know where the origin is. But what I do know is that in many times in our lives, I think as men, it, it has hurt us. Because rather than being open in our vulnerability or accepting our vulnerability or learning from our vulnerability, when we get hurt, when we get broken, when we get let down, we step into our ego and say, you know what, <clears throat> whatever, man, I'm going to go do my own thing. And now we're acting in an area where it's all about us versus let me take a moment here to learn what I went through. That was profound. I I see that time and time again. And Mm -hmm. I'm sure that's resonated with a lot of you where you've seen a man be hurt. And I'm specifying men because that's what we're talking about. But this is humanity. Yes. People get hurt. But in our society, especially with all the reinforcement that we've discussed, all our TV shows, Mm -hmm. everything, every example of everything we see is built on this 
model, right? And this super masculine man. And when the underdog, who is often smaller, and he's smart, he's nerdy, and this and that, and when he wins, it's against all odds, and it's Mm. against the natural order of things, and and so forth. And I, as I said, I do wonder, what was the purpose of it? As you said, did it start kind of almost by accident, and people really liked it, and it Mm. caught on? It spoke to the ego of people and mm-hmm. so that's what they wanted to see and if anyone out there knows please comment drop us a line give us a message Absolutely. because it's just like i i was speaking to somebody about women in the workforce and i said well that really started because of the wars the, the yes. men went to war and yes. the women went to work in the factory and then when everything was undone it was kind of like well i'm not going back home right. and some of the men didn't come home so it just started a whole yes. new um culture just a whole different culture yes. so i wonder where this came from because canada as a country of immigrants i mean that's what canada is they yes. the, the people who are native canadians occupy such a tiny area of canada mm-hmm. and influence its general um culture so little unfortunately mm-hmm. um native native canadians that it, it's surprising to me that in countries like Canada and the United States that are really just made up of immigrants, yeah. people from the old country, how they've all melded together and made this brand new culture. Mm-hmm. Up, and it's very negative for men. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, toxic masculinity is a phrase I don't like to use because I think it's gotten warped with, you know, a lot as, as a lot of very popular phrases do. Yes. But in summary, I feel that's what we've been speaking about yeah, today. Yeah, I would say for the most part, yes. You know, we're talking mm-hmm. about the things in our culture that are toxic to men. Yes. Uh, toxic masculinity to me does not mean men are toxic, which no. is sadly what a lot of people have taken it mm-hmm. to be. Mm-hmm. But the toxic things that affect men, which then in turn causes them to affect everyone around them, yes. male and female. Yes. Right? Yes, everyone's affected by that. Absolutely. And so in summary, because Nisha's going to wave at us soon, <laughs> in summary, what what would you say would be the most toxic things we teach our sons? And I'm putting you on the spot here. The toxic things we teach our sons, and what can we do to counteract them? Like, just pick a few points. So again, just going back to what we've been talking about, the ego is probably the most um, influential thing that we have been using that has been such a negative uh, piece of us. We need to look at our vulnerability, step into our vulnerability. Because, again, that's where we learn. That's where we grow. That's where we produce. If we step into the vulnerability, your world can change. If you accept what's going on. And when I say accepting, I don't mean accepting, you know, you had a gun pulled to you. You know, you accept that happened. I'm saying, you know, understand what took place. Live in it for a moment. I'm not saying be depressed about it, but live in it for a moment. And then whatever you get from that, use that to drive you. I had a friend of mine who had that happen to him. And because it happened to him, he said to himself, I will never be in a situation again where this happens. And he's put himself into a situation where now he makes quite a bit of money. He put his family into an area where, you know, he's far away from that type of stuff. And again, because he was able to live in his vulnerability for the moment and say, you know, I didn't like that feeling. He was able to push himself to another plateau. And that's what I'm talking about. Step out of our ego and into your vulnerability and learn from it, grow from it and see what you can create from it. And I think that really is the solution. It kind of wraps up all the topics of toxic masculinity. Get out of that ego. Mm Because ego is always just about you. It's always Always, just about you. Edging out God. And so where do we find you, Jeff? What's coming up? Tell us. 
I am working on a number of different projects. I am working on a book right now called New Me. That's K-N-E-W, Me, New Me. As a couple meanings, I don't know if we have time for it, but it's 10 authors, 10 men who are talking about situations where they fell down, but more importantly, how they were able to stand back up. And there's 10 authors because someone reading the book may not relate to my story, but they can relate to somebody else's. And the whole idea is to help men in their circumstances to become better, to become stronger, to become better husbands, become better fathers, to become better mentors, and just all around productive, uh, better being productive in society. And that's what we're trying to do with this book. Amazing. So you know that I'm going to ask for those 10 men to be on this show. We'll be back. I am going to pull it off. I know Anisha's behind the screen going, she's going to what? (laughs) (laughs) but i'm gonna make that happen jeff thank you so much for honoring us with your presence with your words with your passion with your knowledge you you are a wonderful guest i thank you and we will be back again next week. I will be here. And I'll get Jeff back. Don't worry. I'm going to get him back. <laughs> I'll be back one day. <laughs> he's he's going to be back. And I think he's going to have nine other men with him. I'm going to pull that <laughs> off. But I thank you guys for tuning in. Like this. Share it. Ask your questions. Let's get the word out. Because here we want to know what matters to you. I will see you next Tuesday. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Oh, amazing. You're amazing. <laughs>